Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everyone, Daniel Ramsey here with my Outdesk. I'm super excited today. We have a special guest and kind of a different topic. Typically, we're talking about real estate and leverage, but today we're talking about mindset, which we've got an expert, somebody who's actually gone through a lot of adversity in our life. Um, before we get going, I want to introduce myself, CEO of my Outdesk. We've been around 11 years now. We've helped over 5,000 clients grow their business. What's crazy is top 10 people in the world that sell real estate, five of them are clients. And so we're really excited to, br to bring like this kind of content to you guys, our audience, our people, the people we know and love and we like to work with. And so today I get to introduce Gloria and I'm just really excited because our topic is getting out of your comfort zone. Welcome to the, to the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, I just wanted to say the way that I was introduced to you in the way that you guys reached out to me was, was, was amazing. You guys have been really just, um, it, it's, it's, it's a little strange for me because this is getting out of my comfort zone. You guys have made me feel very comfortable. So I want to thank you for that. That's awesome. Well, what we've identified is you are kind of a big deal. And we like to have big deal, different people on our show to basically help the real estate world, the industry to really kind of up their game. And so today what we're talking about is how to get out of your comfort zone. And um, I'm excited because, you know, with your partner, you guys tripled production uh, last year, which is nuts. You had a couple months there where you're doing 9 million in written production. Another month you did 11 million for your audience. That puts you in the top 1% of licensed people. I just want to be clear about that. Between you and your partner, you guys have done, you know, you're, you're basically doing better than the other 99% of the agents out here that probably watching. So we're going to talk through some of, I mean, some of your adversity, how you've overcome that, how you've built a team, which is a big deal for us because we're in the leverage space. What are we going to say, Gloria? So uh, first of all, just for everybody that's on, that's watching, thank you for your time in advance, because I know that time is, is, is really critical in our business. So we want to make it worth your while. And yes. I did want to say that I, I, I think everybody's a big deal. I just think we have to pull the big deal uh, from, from inside of us. We have to pull the big deal outside. I, I meet some wonderful people in this business, older agents, seasoned veterans, top producers, new agents, agents that are struggling. We just have to realize that we're all a big deal and we just have to have the tools to get us out of the comfort zone of not feeling like a big deal. That's good. That's a great point. And you, I mean, tell us a little bit about your story. If it, I mean, what's happened to you? How did you get to where you are? I mean, so first of all, guys, if you're listening, Gloria uh, coaches folks, she's mentors. Um, she's doing some deal syndication. She's building a team and she's sharing all of her wisdom with us today. If you stay, like we've got kind of a, 10 part thing that we're going to give away along with some kind of a uh, real estate essential checklist. So my outdesk, we help people with leverage. So we're going to be giving you guys a bunch of free stuff, but Gloria, tell us your story. So, um, I will tell you, uh, I'm going to 
kind of do the Reader's Digest version just yeah. for um, the benefit of us to really give more tools um, towards the end of the webinar. So I'm going to make it uh, a little bit more succinct. So I didn't mention to you, I was born and raised in Inglewood, California. I come from a, a large family. My parents um, did not speak English as a first language. Mm. Um, so, and I was towards the, uh, the I'm, I'm the second to the last child. You know, and then I told you about my unique experience in school and being identified um, uh, by LA Unified School District um, as a mentally gifted minor and being in special programs and then being bullied a little bit. Right. And trying to find my way in school, trying to find my identity and stand out, but not stand out too much and yeah. just be real and do what I love, which was studying, um, was a little tricky. It, it I was... I was bust. I went through the desegregation of the 70s, left my home. I went to elementary school and got out of school at 2.30 and went to college from 3 to 6.30 at night every day, five days a week from fourth grade until eighth grade. Wow. So I had a very unique uh, childhood. I didn't really have like a, a regular childhood. But wait, wait, wait. You went to college when you were in the fourth, eighth yeah. grade? I went to college. I went to a couple of different colleges through Mentally Gifted Minors, which was a program. Um, that we were IQ tested into, and we were we were given lots of opportunities because in in my family nobody had been to college. So for me to go as a child, it, you know, my dad didn't want it, but my mom really advocated for it. So uh, I was really really lucky, and that I had that opportunity. That was amazing, and I I, I was so blessed in so many ways because I was exposed to different um, cultural events and things that I would not have been exposed to, foreign languages, um, history, politics, a lot of different things that a child of, of you know, nine or 10 is normally not, not exposed to. So that was wonderful. Um, but it did ostracize me a little bit with, with kids. I, I was picked on a little bit, I was bullied. And then um, by the time I got to high school, I asked my parents if I could drop out because I just hated it so much. Wow. And I was tutoring a young man. He became my boyfriend. I got pregnant and I did drop out of high school. And what would have been my senior year, I went to college. Mm. So um, I did get um, an AA degree and was on track to go to law school. And my mom was killed. Uh, I was 24. Um, and the nature of her death and what happened, um, I was displaced and I... I left my family home really without anywhere to go. I'd maxed out my credit card buying flowers and things for a funeral. And so I was homeless at 24 and lived in my car um, around the corner from the house that I own now. Um, uh, very humbling. I still drive down the street and it doesn't make me feel sad. I, I, I just feel grateful. I feel grateful that I, I got through that. And my daughter was, was with me at the time. She was very young. She doesn't really have a lot of memory of that. But um, I ended up, instead of going to law school, I ended up going to graduate school to study behavioral management. And a lot of, um, a lot of my degree was conflict resolution, integrated bargaining, mediation, arbitration, a lot of things that really carry over into real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, um, coincidentally, I met a man right after my mom died who would eventually become my husband and I had another child with him and we stayed together almost 17 years. And that didn't work out and I got divorced and I decided to go into real estate as a single mom. I thought it would give me the freedom, the, the great schedule, you know, all, all the money and all the things that I went into it for all the, the good reasons. But 
um, I kind of changed how I operated because I went into it very idealistically and then the market crashed. Yeah. So 2006, I'm licensed and 2007, the market crumbled uh, very quickly, not a lot of warning. And then you talk about getting out of your comfort zone. There, there, nobody had a comfort zone then. Nobody knew what was going on. Banks weren't giving loans, homes weren't selling. And so 2007, I had a horrible year. I struggled financially. I remember thinking I'm going to have to sell my house. I am, I'm living out of my savings. I'm having, you know, like a really, really rough go of this. And yeah. then I got serious in 2007 and put a plan together for 2008. There you go. And you're here today because you've had some success and you've realized some stuff. And today we're going to talk through that. First, thanks for sharing that story. I mean, it's, it's an, it's an unusual, unique one, as you know, um, and I think everybody who's listening is going to benefit from this. Hey, everybody, Daniel Ramsey here. And I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know, I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue and reduce expenses. And the answer is simple. It's my Outdesk virtual assistance. My Outdesk offers five star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over a hundred million dollars in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants. And I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word MOD, MOD, to 31996 and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one -on -one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my Outdesk can transform your business today. What'd you learn? I mean, adversity to what? Um, I, I think what you learn is you, you learn that you always have tomorrow. You always have another day. And I think what, when, we, when we get hurt or when we're struggling, we really get stuck in that struggle. And, and for me, I overthink and overprocess and, and overfeel everything. And like literally, I had to, I, had to um, I was in survival mode, but I had to, to start looking at some of the things that were going right. The fact that um, when the market crashed, the, the fact that I had uh, an education and I had certain skills that were perfect for the crash. I mean, who can say that? 2008, I did over 20 deals and it was one of my best years in real estate um, as a solo agent. And I had to turn down a lot of business because I just wasn't prepared for, from 2007 struggling and, and to 2008, you know, tripling what I did in 2007. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have 
any systems in place to accommodate like a, a you know a volume of business that I would potentially be be you know going after. Yeah. So what I learned from that was when everybody was saying, "Oh, it's bad," and you know, I'm going to get out of the business. Is I learned you kind of you know when you're in that space, you really have to be honest with yourself, and you really it's 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 just a head game and focusing on how bad things are will never make things better. You have to focus on what's good. And I met a man at a seminar and he said, this is gonna, this is the way it is, you know, sweetheart and markets go through cycles and you, you just happen to get handed this. And so make the best of it. And he encouraged me to go to a short sale seminar and um, I did. And um, I think it kind of adjusted my thinking, like this is the market of the moment, hit a U-turn, that, that comfort zone, it doesn't exist anymore, acknowledge it, and then change what you're doing, change your behavior and your habits. And I started getting up at four o'clock in the morning in 2008, because the wow. banks opened at seven o'clock to do negotiations. And that's how I could get some of the short sales approved by being the first one on the phone with a short sale negotiator. Yeah, so you, you actually changed a habit to cause your business to actually thrive. I changed a lot of habits. <laughs> okay. I started using a database in 2008, which in 2006 and seven, I wasn't consistent. I yep. started waking up earlier um, yep. and I started studying a lot more. I started studying about how people behave when they're in a crisis because that was the market of the moment. Everybody was in a crisis and I didn't realize that there was a lot of grief. People were losing their homes. Yep. And so I started studying how to deal with people that are in grief. What stage of grief were they at? That way I could relate to them and I could understand them and then I could serve them and help them. Man, a master at her craft right there. I love that. What is, um, uh, when you think of all the habits, we're going to jump forward to like your team now and where you are today. What are some of the keystone habits? And for, I mean, keystones, like what's the thing that you do today that kind of has a ripple effect in your life that is causing you wild success right now? Um, I would say, the first one that comes to my mind is accountability. And um, thank you, David Coe, who's my partner. And I don't know if he's watching this. And Louis Palacios and Chanel Parchoni, that these are, this is my team. And yep. they, they hold me accountable. Mm. Uh, I never wanted to be that person that was like, hey, you're going to be in a meeting and you're going to go over every deal and we're going to go over every, you know, client and, and we're every scenario that we could possibly go over to put a deal together. I never wanted to be that girl. Like everybody else, I got into real estate to have independence and to have freedom and just do my own thing. And I'm kind of like a lone wolf to some degree. So my team has really helped me with that habit of being accountable to our numbers and to mm -hmm. our, prof our progress. Let, and me unpack, let me unpack that. This is important. You are partnered with somebody and you have people that work in your real estate company and they hold you accountable and you guys have had wild success because of that. Yeah, I think we hold each other accountable. My partner is really more systematic than I am. I'm like the creative messy one. I mean, I will just own that. I was really messy. My office is messy. I was the one with the, the car with files and things all over the back seat, staging stuff. And he's more organized. He's more methodical. Um, I strategize in the deal, but how I go about getting the deals, I'm just, um, I, I guess my personality is I just love people and I love to meet people, but I don't like going home and inputting all of their, you know, extraneous details. That's like mind numbing to me. I hate it, hate it, 
hate it, but I'm doing it because I've committed to doing that for my team because it's important and it right. keeps us on track. I know that I need to do it. It's just uncomfortable. There goes yep. that word again, comfort, right? So I'm willing to be uncomfortable because I'm seeing our numbers. Um, 2008 was the first year I was really consistent with the CRM and then I was kind of un inconsistent again and then consistent. And, but I would say since I've been on the team, we really have been um, mindful about communicating with our database, putting information into it and watching our numbers through it. Like just watching your numbers grow exponentially, right? Yes, very and much so. This is a habit of accountability. What kind of shortcuts or, or help would you offer your audience? Because I'm like you, I don't like structure. I don't like people telling me what to do, when to do it. But what are some of the habits or things that you've implemented to make that accountability, you know, more of a possibility? And, it, you know, it's funny because somebody's going to drop off right now or somebody's going right. to stop watching, but this right. is where the gold is. This is absolutely where the gold is, and that's probably the, one of the most important questions that you're going to ask, and I'm going to say it, and people aren't going to like it, but you cannot hold yourself accountable. Because yep. if we could hold ourselves accountable, everybody would be productive, and it's not the case. It's the 80-20 rule, right? The 20% that are just killing it in this business, they don't have any special gifts. I mean, maybe a, a little, but what their gift is is they usually have somebody holding them accountable, whether it's a partner, my business partner holds me accountable, or a coach, or a mentor, yep. or a system that they've disciplined themselves to using. So that's the hack, is get somebody to be your accountability partner. You don't have to have a formal business partner. I'm not saying everybody has to be on a team, but I will tell you, I do not, I'm a person that does not like to let people down. Yep. And I don't want to let my team down. And so I know that I have to do that. And it's gotten easier because it's gotten a little bit more um, part of the day-to-day. -day yes. Where, where they say, you know, power of habit. There's a great book, Power of Habit. When you start realizing after a couple of weeks that you're doing something every day, then it becomes a habit. Yep. Um, and it's, the, it's embracing it too. It's just acknowledging that if you're not where you want to be in your production level, Yep. Try something different and, and accountability is probably like the highest form of mastery to anything because once you get that, it's all about self-discipline. Yep. And if you can if you can commit yourself to disciplining yourself, because people spend two, three, four hours on Facebook, but they don't discipline themselves to work on their database for 45 minutes. Yes. So you're yep. gonna see where your life is is growing. You're gonna have all these virtual friends, but your business is just completely stagnant. The, where you spend your time and what you measure matters. I love it. You know, it's funny is, uh, so I'm in an accountability group with uh, um, uh, other people who are in the real estate world. It's called GoBundance. There's a men's and a women's group. And we practice this thing of, of extreme accountability. And the other day I had a friend, we call it extreme accountability, a friend. And he's like, ah, I'm going to quit smoking and I'm, uh, and I'm going to give it a go. Right. And I said, well, I could help you. Do you, you, this is why you and I are going to be buds, right? I can help you. And he's like, Oh, I don't know. What do, what do you mean? And I said, well, here, I want you to write a letter to your family, to your you know, daughter and your son about why it's important for you to quit smoking, what it's going to mean to them being around for your grandchildren. And, and so he, you know, I said, write this letter out. Then I need you to write me a blank check to your ch charity of choice. And we're going to do it for $2,000, not a lot of money, $2,000. And then 
you're going to come in every day and just knock by, drop by and say, yesterday I didn't smoke. And we're going to do that for 90 days. And then I'm going to keep those letters. And if you let your family down by starting to smoke, I'm going to mail those letters. And then I'm going to cash your check and give it to the charity of choice. And like his eyes got big and he was like, I'm going to just, I don't know. The way you know somebody wants to get something done is you have an accountability partner. So I love what you're saying. Absolutely. The, the, there's a difference between being interested and being committed. And yes. there's going to be somebody that's going to drop off right now and they're not going to hear this. And this is probably another one of the nuggets that you, you've asked me to kind of like download. Yeah. If you say at this point, yes, I need it. Yes, I need a mentor. Yes, I need coaching. You can right now write down the date that that's going to happen because we're just talking about it and it's floating around in the air and it's not real until it's in writing. So then when you write it or you put it in your phone and you schedule, I'm going to go and find an accountability partner tomorrow at nine o'clock, or I'm going to talk to my broker, or I'm going to meet with my best friend and talk about this. When you write it down, there's a greater chance that it will happen. Yeah. And then if you write it down and it doesn't happen, you're betraying yourself. Yeah. And so we, we don't, we can't control other people that will betray us, but we can control whether we betray ourselves or not. So if you really want to make that commitment right now, I would encourage anybody watching this to say, if I really want 2019 to be different, I have to be different and I have to be committed to those changes. And, and I never thought I would be on a webinar telling people that it to embrace accountability because I wanted to like stab myself in the eye whenever anybody talked about it. But now I realized how critical it is because it is the key. It, it's, it's that it's everything in your business. I love it. What, um, when you think through like, okay, so you grab a partner, get accountable. How do you just, how do you decide what goals matter? And we're at the beginning of the year. What, and it doesn't really matter what time of the year you are in, but how do you know that you've got the right goals, that you're doing the right things that you're, you're not kind of making pie in the sky stuff up? Well, so, so that's kind of interesting because I think that's such a personal thing that nobody can really tell you what the goals are because if you're not personally attached to something, you're not really going to be committed to achieving that. So I think you have to, first of all, before you put those goals down, you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you doing real estate? Okay. Why, why are you in this career? Like start with why, Simon Sinek, yep. you know, great, very, very easy concept. Um, start with figuring out why you're doing this. I'm doing this because I want to create opportunities for my family and I want to build my passive income stream and I want to invest in real estate. And I know that the behaviors that I commit to daily on a daily basis are going to help me achieve those big goals. So right. before you put anything in writing, just really kind of self-reflect, spend some time thinking about why you're doing this. And then when you're putting numerical goals together, I would say, you want to be realistic, but you also want to push yourself. You make them too easy and then you hit the goals and then you kind of take your foot off the gas. And when you have momentum is the easiest way to really have those career defining moments and years where you can really go to the next level. Because if you make the goals too easy, you hit a ceiling and it's not exciting. But I think be realistic. Look at what you did last year. Always try to do a little bit more and then have a strategy around how that's going to happen. Right. So, okay. Now we're breaking it down. Get to your why set a goal, be realistic, get an accountability partner. What else is important? Um, I, I, I tell people that 
the, if you don't manage the day, it manages you. So now we're talking a little bit about your commitment to what you're doing on a daily basis. And if I ask an agent um, to see their calendar or their phone and there's nothing in there and they haven't even time blocked lead generation, then that's the difference between a person that wants to be in the person business and a person that's committed. Yes. Um, I think a lot of times people show up at, uh, to do things that are fun, the brokers opens, the caravans, the networking parties, and they, they're very committed. Those are all in the calendar, but there's no lead generation activity. There's no farming. There's no calling expireds. There's no reaching out to my sphere. There's none of that. And I've been, I have been like a repeat offender on this issue. And that's how I can speak to it because I failed miserably for years and I've gotten a lot better because I once you start seeing how it impacts your your uh, results, then it's a lot easier to to making the the commitment. And we literally are using um, we literally are using um, a CRM that that reminds us of all of our follow up activities. So my calendar, in to some degree, my team puts things on the calendar for me. And then I'm putting things on and I'm committing to certain things. If you don't have anything on your calendar, you're not going to have any business. So your next thing is just to commit to time blocks and get very serious about dollar productive activities. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, not, and not to lie to yourself by going out and looking at properties and saying that's dollar productive. Okay. I, I don't think you should be looking at properties until you've made like, you know, your whatever you're, I have a goal to make 20 calls a day. And, and sometimes it ends up being text messages, phone calls and coffee. But if I don't do that, like my son was helping me prep a house the other day and I said, I got to get home. I haven't made any phone calls today. And he's an agent, he's young. And, and he's like, yeah, I got to get back to the office. And so it, it's, it's the habits again if you don't do do it every day it feels unusual it's like going to the gym i go to the gym every day if i don't go to the gym i feel like something's off yeah well i was going to share with everybody our so something that we do at my outdesk is called the sticky challenge i don't i don't know if you've ever heard about this glory no, but, but i'm gonna write it down <laughs> well watch out um well here's the here's the thing most people don't realize how much of their time is actually not spent on dollar productive activities and you and I are very clear. Get a system. I use my calendar like crazy. Get a CRM. That way we, can, we know who we need to talk to. But the thing, I mean, when you're sitting down and doing your whys and figuring out what your habits are going to be and talking through what your goals are and all that, I think it's really important to know where you are today and set a benchmark. So you take, you take stickies and you follow yourself around all day long and you write down is this dollar productive and we define it as talking to clients you know calling clients meeting with clients negotiating deals like in a networking event where there are clients not where there are other agents you know so we all those things are dollar productive and so if you just follow yourself around with stickies um and you write down hey um, I talked to Gloria for an hour and that's dollar productive because we're doing this awesome thing. And then the next hour I did this and the next hour I did this or the next 20 minutes. And then you look I have this good friend who um, runs a company in South America. She's like an investment uh, broker and she was, she hated her business. She didn't like her team. She was upset. And I was like, Hey, just do the sticky challenge for a little bit. So it turns out like 70% of her day was non-dollar productive activities. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, she needed to hire an assistant. She gave away a portion of her business that she didn't love. She refocused so that 80% of her day was actually on dollar productive and leveraged out everything else 
And this is a woman who is making millions of dollars a year. So, and, and she didn't, because she didn't do this challenge, she just had no idea. You know, she's like, I can't believe Daniel, I spend two hours on Facebook and social media crap every day. And I'm like, yeah, guess what? That's normal. That's really funny that you said that. And I love the idea of it because it's a visual reference to keep you on course. But my uh, granddaughter moved to Sacramento and she came back here and she was telling me that um, we were talking, she's, she's 12, and um, we were talking about uh, Instagram. She was helping me with Instagram, learning how right. to manipulate, maneuver. And she says, you know, we started talking about how much, how important it is to the business and, and that people actually come to us that we don't know. And she's like, how much time do you think you, you know, you, you're on Facebook, you know, every day? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 20 minutes. And she's like, I bet it's more. And she showed me how to look. And now I have something. The production. Yeah. On Facebook for an hour. My goal is to not be on Facebook more than an hour. Last year, I think we had a, uh, 20% of our business came through Facebook, either a referral or a client reaching out saying, Hey, I'm ready now. So we yep. do, we do use it to do some passive lead generation and we run ads and stuff. But the time that I'm on it is, you know, liking and commenting and realizing that if I'm on it, then I'm not working on my business. If I'm on it for two hours and I've lead generated for 20 minutes and that's going to show up, those numbers are going to show up in my business. Yes. So and it's really hard. It's an addiction. There's people that go everywhere with their phones. They take their phones to the bathroom. They, they are never without their phones. They wake up, they check their phone. I'm waking up now and I read my affirmations and I meditate. And I've, I've made a conscious effort to not just be on it all the time because it's not going to result in a, a big life change for me. Yeah. It's, we're giving up a little bit of our life every day. What do we get in return for that? A bunch of virtual friends? it's not enough. You know, it's, it's just not a big enough payoff for me because I have really big goals. Right. One, one thing that you mentioned there was your morning routine. I think it's important for, look, if you're listening and you're trying to build a business and you want to build a team and really succeed, Gloria, tell them your morning ritual. What are you doing? So, um, I get up, I still get up at four o'clock because it just is a habit that, that, um, I started in 2008 when the market crashed. Um, I do meditate. Um, I'm doing a 30 day meditation challenge and I've only missed one day. Nice. Uh, so, uh, that's really critical to me to quiet all the, the noise. And I have a lot of voices in my head sometimes telling me that, you know, I can, or that I should overthink things. And so I have to quiet all of that so I can focus. Yes. And so I meditate and I, uh, work out. Um, I'm, I have some health challenges right now. I have a major back injury, but I still can do certain things. So I do what I can. I work out, I do some yoga and yep. I read or I watch a video every morning. I read for about 20 minutes or I watch a video and it, it's not about necessarily about real estate, but I watch a motivational, I don't watch TV. I'm not a TV girl. I actually just got a new television, um, last year, but I think I've, watched it maybe you know three or four times i'm not tv because i feel like it's just um it's just a waste of time for me unless i'm really interested in something but what i do do is i watch motivational videos i watch other videos that other agents produce i watch content that is powerful i'm a big fan of uh, seth godin uh D darren hardy um 
and uh, Jim Rohn. I, I do a little bit of Tony Robbins. Um, and so I watch, I program myself. I program myself for success. I want all that positive uh, message going inside of me every day. That's how I start my day because I think if we get on Facebook and someone derails us with some political, you know, like rant, and then, then our head's in that political rant space, and I want my head to be in, in, in positive space. And so I'm very intentional. And also, I've studied a lot about the subconscious mind and how the brain works and how we can program ourselves for success. But people, when they watch TV, they don't realize your subconscious mind is taking this all in. It doesn't know whether it's fact, fiction, humor, or whatever. So you're programming based on random TV shows and not a judgment, because I know some people it's cathartic, but how much programming have you been intentional about? Because what I say is, I want to watch how people deal with conflict. I want to watch how people grow a bigger business. I want to watch how other people have overcome adversity. I, watch, I watched um, Tom Brady videos. Like, I, I think he, I'm, I'm not a huge Patriot fan. I know the Super Bowl is coming up. But I love people that are masters of their craft. I'm obsessed with them. I, I because I want to know if how how did that how does he have that mindset where he just just perseveres? How he just commits himself and he's just all in. That's who I want to be. So that's what I watch. I watch more of that. And that's those are the people that I hang around with because who you hang around with is who you become. And so that's where my mind is. That's how I make myself strong. And and that's what I feel is working for me. That's awesome. Um, we're we're going to end pretty soon. Um, I want to remind everybody we've got this amazing giveaway where we're basically like your 10 steps. I keep pulling it up because it's pretty awesome. Um, but your 10 steps to basically getting out of your comfort zone. Why is the comfort zone like why for you has that been such a big shift in your business? Why does that matter to you? Um, so that's a great question. And I think everybody's comfort zone looks different. It feels different. And again, it's not a judgment. If somebody says, you know, I'm just really comfortable. That's great. That's not who we're trying to appeal to. We're trying to appeal to people that really want to increase their, their business or want to be more successful or even want to do, be better at anything, be a better parent, be more intentional about, um, I would say, um, being present, being in the moment, right? Or being happy. Or being happy. How about that? So the comfort zone is where you do the bare minimum and mm -hmm. don't really grow a lot. You're, you're in a petri dish, everything's the same, everything feels good, but you could be, we talked about this before, you could be in a comfort zone and be in a place of pain, but you're so attached to that, you, you're not willing to let it go. Right. And we talked about um, everybody has a different reason for getting out of it because I think what happens when you're in that comfort zone, I think boredom. I think frustration, I think negative self-talk, I think depression happens and there, you need to have a pattern interrupt. Um, you need to first of all acknowledge that this comfort zone isn't working for you or your life is not big enough. And like we talked about, there's a life and we each have two lives, you know, Steve, we yeah. Pressfield, right? We, yeah. one, one life inside of us and the one life that we're living. And for some people that life inside of them is dying. Mm. And they're then they're shrinking and they're not being as potent and as powerful and they don't have that passion for whatever they're doing because they're passively saying i'm okay in this space in this comfort zone and you have to acknowledge first of all that you're there and then you have to look for things that you can change small habits that you can change and you and i talked about one of the things that 
I'm a big believer in what kept me um, going is being curious and being more curious than I was afraid and not letting fear guide my life. Yeah. Letting fear be in the driver's seat. And as, much, as scared as I am about making changes, about partnering, about technology, I want to always be more curious than I'm afraid. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the traits that helps people move forward in their life and not stay in the same place. And, and I'll run into them and 10 years later, nothing has changed. What's, uh, how do you help, I mean, help us understand the pattern interrupt, because for somebody that's been through so much adversity, I mean, literally a lot, and also is thriving right now. Talk to us about what a pattern interrupt is. If you're on this right now and you're struggling, you're like, I don't, I'm not sure how to do that, how to shift that. What is it? What, how, do, how do you actually do it? What's the real love there? So I, I think um, how I do it and how other people do it might be a little different. So a few years ago when I was struggling, I started reading and that was one of the books that I read um, that Steve Pressfield or Pressman, Steve Pressfield. Pressfield, yeah. Pressfield, War of Art. The War of Art. I love that book. Start reading and get your head into a different space. That's how the first step of a pattern interrupt, or start listening to something that listen to some uh, thing that motivates you and inspires you, that puts you in a different headspace. I think a lot of people, um, the pattern interrupt is tough. If you're in a pattern of fear, anger, or both of those, um, those emotions can really derail you. Yeah, they can really take hold of you and they were created to save us. And what happens is they inevitably could be the death of us because we're just stuck there in, in that in that anger and fear. And so just kind of recognizes that something's not working. Right. And then and then maybe journal about some things that are, are working. So get in a place of gratitude. It's hard to be in gratitude and complain mm-hmm. at the same time. So yeah. now your conscious mind is starting to feel better and your endorphins will start you know, changing and, and the brain activity and the brain wave is changing. When you meditate, you will see the brain wave changes. It becomes more calm. Right. So start, start slowly committing to doing just one thing, whether it's reading, whether it's watching something motivational every morning, do it at the same time, program yourself for success. Right. And I think that's how you approach the pattern interrupt. That's how I did it. But you know, a few years ago I was like, okay, I'm, I'm afraid I, I, got kicked off a horse and I'm afraid to, to ride a horse again. I just went over to the stable and I got back on. That's how I do it. I, I forced myself. I was afraid of water and I, I jumped off a high dive after having some swimming lessons. I don't want to be afraid. Uh, I think the pattern interrupt is you just make a commitment to saying, I, I want my life to change and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And then be around people that are in that space too, because we tend to, to connect with people that and commiserate and we're not going to change when we're commiserating. I love it. What, um, what do you want to leave people with? Because we're at the end of our time together and you've dropped so much knowledge. If people just take half of what you've said and actually implement it, I think you'll be like, they'll be very happy. Um, we've got your giveaway that's happening. It's myoutdesk.com forward slash Gloria. Look at that. You're going to be known worldwide by your first name. I think that's cool. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, what would you leave everybody with? Like, what's the one thing that you'd like them to kind of get out of today and, and really ruminate them and think on and really kind of digest out of this talk? Um, I think if there was one thing, I would uh, say there's, um, there's a word that's very powerful. Every year I pick a word um, that I want to apply to my business. This year I chose consistency. 
because it's something that I've struggled with. And so I want to continually pay attention to it. Um, I would say pick a word and, and, and when you pick that word, put some thought into it, just one area of your life that you want to improve one habit, one pattern, what's something that means something to you that you can connect with and kind of study it and let it resonate with you and, and keep reminding yourself uh, what that word represents to me. Consistency means that I will stay on track with certain habits and I will make sacrifices because um, in order to be consistent, you do have to make sacrifices. Yep. So I would say, you know, take uh, one little word and use it to change, make small changes in the day-to-day -day thinking and what you feel um, and how you feel about certain things if you're in a not a pleasant situation choose uh, you know your word might be positivity you're going to really just focus on positivity and you're going to listen to affirmations you're going to listen to maybe a, a positive mindset type mm -hmm. of video um but don't listen to all of this and do nothing write one thing down that you're going to do and put a date on it and then and then let let it go from there because we are all the ceos of our own businesses but we're not acting like ceos Right. We're not taking the reins on a daily basis. We're, we're giving them up and we're acquiescing and we don't even know it because we're not creating the daily habits of a CEO. And you are not the, just the CEO of your business. You're the CEO of your life. And it's yeah. not just about making money. It's about emotional currency, what we can give back to others, helping agents that are struggling, helping, you know, being present in your family. So I think make commit to making the changes and be more curious than you are afraid. Love it. Gloria, you've been an amazing guest. Um, I would challenge anybody to say that what you've just uh, given to our audience couldn't be the most impactful thing for the year for them. So thanks for your time. Again, guys, if you want to come check us out, we're going to give you away, give away her 10 steps to actually implementing this stuff, uh, along with some checklists if you're in real estate to help you kind of get some accountability in your life. We just posted that on Facebook, Gloria. Thank you so much for your time. You've been amazing. Thank you very much. Thank everybody for watching and have a great 2019.